Well, we were supposed to talk to this man live from Dallas, but nevertheless, this man is the equivalent. When you look at MMA properties of the Dallas Cowboys, that is the value and the worth of his analysis. We had to get it on the program today to break down some of this breaking news. I'm, of course, talking about our friend, MMA Junkies' own, MMA Roadshow's own, uh, John Morgan. Welcome. Welcome back to Submission Radio, man. We were looking forward to seeing some scenery from Dallas. But uh, the office setup is just too sweet in the words of Scott Hall. So we're happy to have you on the program. <laughs> no, always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. I was supposed to go home and see the family this week. It's my it's my last week of furlough, man. Our our our, our company's reaction to COVID nineteen is is finally coming to an end. So it seems like we're gonna end this era of furlough. So I was supposed to go back and see the family this week, but made some last minute changes. But here I am. I'm at home in Las Vegas, uh, enjoying it. Yeah, you're like Leon Wolf of Wall Street. You're not fucking leaving. Uh, but it's it's good to hear that this bloody furlough is at an end, John. We we missed our John Morgan goodness, but we're we're very grateful that we've got you here. Going to talk about some of the latest breaking news that has popped up. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the whole Brock Lesnar situation. But this just in, courtesy of uh, our sexy friend Britt Okamoto. It looks like the UFC are targeting uh, Jorge Masvidal against Nate Diaz. That is going to be, you know, I'll bring up the tweet. So it can be semi-professional. They are targeting it uh, in January uh, for the 12th of the 12th. So what I wonder is, uh, as far as Jorge's uh, deal going, you know, we saw what happened with Usman. How likely do you think that fight is the next fight for Masvidal? Do you think that one makes sense from a matchmaking standpoint? Do you think it could be a similar situation with Usman where we see a long, drawn-out negotiation process? Or do you think this one could be a lot easier? And then you got Nate Diaz also, who also has his own negotiating processes that we're accustomed to. Well, I was going to say, as you were laying out all the scenario there for Masvidal, I'm like, don't forget the other side of that equation too, right? I mean, Nate's been known to throw a wrench in the plans. But no, it does sound like that's the, the fight that they're working towards. And to be honest with you, I, you know, w- while I don't feel like it's a fight that we necessarily have to see, like, you know, in, in terms of rankings or where everybody stands, the division, I, I'm not, you know, I wasn't necessarily calling for this fight, but at the same time, like who wouldn't be interested in this fight? You know, you have two stars of the sport. Uh, they were certainly entertaining the first time around, and it was kind of an unfortunate ending. Now, I I, I would point out that you know I, I thought that the fight was going in a direction at that point already. I didn't feel like you know cuts into this fight that we really just didn't know what was going to happen. I think that Masvidal had clearly taken control of it at that point, but I don't think Masvidal wanted to win the fight that way, and I definitely know Diaz didn't want to go out that way. So um, I, I like the idea of the rematch. I, I don't see a, a lot of other other big fights for either one of them. I mean, the name you could throw out, interestingly enough, for either guy is probably Conor McGregor. But um, I, I just, man, this this pandemic era, I, I don't, I don't know about Conor fighting in an empty arena. I'm still just not sold on on the idea of that when I think about what what an energetic guy that is, what a you know the type of buzz that he creates in a, in a live venue. Um, I, I kind of wonder if he even really just wants to sit back and wait until he can do that again. So you know, it's not a fight that again I would say necessarily. Like, God, I'm so glad they put this together. We had we had questions that needed to be answered and we're going to get them you know i don't feel that way but what i do feel like is like hey man it was entertaining the first time around there's no way when you put these guys in a cage it's not going to be fun the build-up will be fun um I think the fight makes sense for those reasons. I like it as a filler fight. Like, it keeps guys busy. It's almost like any excuse to get Nate Diaz back, I'm happy with. And uh, any, it's it's almost the same thing with Jorge Masvidal at this point. Like, him saying that he's going to have a long, drawn-out negotiation process and take t- some time off to see him possibly back that soon. I like it. But you mentioned the empty arenas. You know, the way they promoted the last one, it was, you know, you had the Rock, you had the BMF belt, it was an MSG. How do you see this one being promoted if it actually happens? I mean... 
you have to you have to at least in a gentleman's agreement have the bmf belt on the line right like at least Jorge's going to bring it and nate diaz is going to be like look we're fighting for that belt do you think the ufc will sort of say all right it is officially for the the bmf belt and and is it going to be kind of weird if you got no rock and you got no crowd this time because of the pandemic yeah, that's the part I'm really interested in, right? I mean, it was said all along, this is one of one, right? Mm. I mean, this is this is one fight. But now when you when you do the exact same fight and run it back, you know, are the stakes the same? I don't know. I, I got a feeling Mazadal kind of likes that thing as a, as a collector's item, if nothing else, man. He realizes it, it's pretty valuable. And I think, you know, even when we talked to him ahead of time and, and say he was like, look, if, if, if Nate wants to put this thing on, he's got to put something up on my on, on his end too, you know, something for me to gain. He'll put, put up some money, put up something else. You know, why do I got to put up my belt on the line? So I don't know. I don't know that the stakes will be the same i definitely don't know if the rock will be in the building maybe he'll be up in that that vip area where they have up there where sometimes they use it for broadcasts maybe they could bring him in there but i don't i don't, face I don't foresee him being able yeah I don't, exactly right like i don't foresee him being able to wrap the belt around the winter or anything like that so mm. no I, I think it'll be different i mean i i don't think you can market it exact exactly the same way i mean this is a different time and again hey maybe things will change by january but i know that's not the way that dana white is thinking you know what i mean they're, i mean they're talking about how about that nugget he dropped the other night that they're building a hotel right now on the property <laughs> so that they can be completely self-sufficient that was mind-blowing to think about the levels that they're going to keep this this you know kind of bubble system intact so i, I know that that's not the way that dana white is thinking about promoting fights and i just i It'd be nice if they're back by January, but I don't necessarily see it happen. So I, I do think, you know, as far as like video packages and things like that, it'll all be the same. But I, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll put. I could be wrong, but I don't think they'll put the BMF title on the line. It should be interesting to see if The Rock even has any interest in being a part of the rematch. I imagine we might get a honky tonk man or something like that as a replacement coming down, holding the title, coming down with the guitar, strumming some tunes. Just quickly on that matchup, though, John, you mentioned it in the first one. It was quite clear that Masvidal had all the momentum and was sort of. Uh, doing really well and almost dominating that performance. Um, do you imagine it's more of the same, or do you think Nate Diaz learns from that initial fight and brings in a bit of a different game plan, knowing what to expect from Masvidal this time? Yeah, I think he's going to have to make some adjustments, right? I mean, that's kind of the way I, th I thought that fight might play out. But at the at the time, Masvidal was riding this incredible wave of momentum, right? I mean, he just he was firing on all cylinders, and that kind of changed a little bit over the summer. Um, you know, losing the title fight again on some very extreme, extenuating circumstances, but still, you know, I don't feel like he has quite that that wave of. He kind of had some invincibility around him at the time, right? It was like he was this, you know, Conor McGregor that was just calling a shot and then and then doing it, you know. So um, we'll see. You know, I, I think it, you know overall, I, I kind of like Masvidal in the rematch regardless, but I think the adjustments are exactly right. I, I don't think Nate can come out and fight the same fight. It, it did not work the first time around, and, um, you know, it's it's difficult. You, you know, Masvidal knows how to stand in in a brawl. You know, he's not going to be backing down, so uh, we'll see how it plays out. Well, another welterweight news right here, we've got Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns, a title fight targeted for UFC 256 on uh, December 12th in the U.S., and that was first reported by TMZ and, of course, uh, spread out by our gorgeous friend, Brett Okamoto. That's going to be on the same card as Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson's title fight there as well. A bit of significance for the Australian fans, hoping that Megan can sort of pull the upset and win the title there. But speaking of this matchup, matchup between Kamaru Usman and Gilbert Burns, what do you make of Burns at finally getting another crack at the title? And uh, did the UFC go the right way here? Or was Leon Edwards potentially the guy to go for the title shot, in your opinion? I feel so bad for Leon Edwards, man. This whole, you know, watching this pandemic era of MMA has been interesting, right? Because there have been some people that have really been able to capitalize on it. You know, you look at a guy like a like a Hamza Shemaev, what he did in Fight Island, uh, you know, a Tanner Bolzer. I mean, there's people that have made quick turnarounds and really capitalized. 
Gilbert Burns, you know, perfect example of making, um, you know, advances that maybe he wouldn't have been able to make otherwise by filling in when other people haven't. Leon Edwards, I think, it, it deserves a, a, a top-level opportunity. I mean, him and Masvidal, to me, would be an interesting fight that really does mean something. But, you know, it's clear that Masvidal doesn't really want that that fight right now. I think he's made it kind of clear that he feels like, you know, there's nothing there for him. So, um, yeah, I feel bad for Edwards. Uh, overall, though, I mean, look, it's it's hard to deny what Burns has done. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's a fun fighter, man. And I'm telling you, at welterweight, he's a completely different animal. And, uh, it, man, as, as great of a champion as Usman is and, um, you know, as dominant as he can be, I do think this is a dangerous stylistic matchup, and I find it very, very interesting because Gilbert Burns, heavy, heavy hands, man. He can hit hard, so you know, you're not going to feel comfortable in the stand-up department, which you think is not necessarily Usman's you know, best spot. Not saying that Gilbert's you know, some K-1 superstar, <laughs> but he does pack some power. But then you know, on the ground as well, I mean, obviously uh, Burns incredibly dangerous. So if you're, if you're uh, you know, an Usman, so I like to get on top of guys and you know, deliver damage from there. I don't know if that's a place you necessarily really want to be. So I feel like, you know, Burns is going to put him in some really uncomfortable spots and some uncomfortable positions. So, you know, overall, I think it is the right fight. You got you to go with kind of you know, striking while the iron's hot, and that's where Burns is right now. Uh, but you, you feel for Leon, man. They, they Hopefully they'll give him something big, you know, promise it's a number one uh, contender-type matchup because, uh, man, he has gotten just kind of looked over and, and, and shoved to the back of the pack. Well, I was going to say, planning-wise, do you believe this is a bit of a plan by the UFC? If you know potentially Gilbert Burns uh, gets through Kamaru Usman, like you mentioned, which is there is a chance. You've got a fresh slew of matchups. If Masvidal beats Nate Diaz, there you go. You got Masvidal, Gilbert Burns. If Covington beats Tyron Woodley, now you've got a Covington, Gilbert Burns uh, sort of new fresh angle there as well. And of course, the Kamara one has some heat as well. Still, do you reckon that's sort of a strategic move by the UFC in a lot of ways? You know, I mean, I I think they're probably always thinking about items like that, you know, options that are going to be available moving forward. I think that, that dictates a lot of what they do. But you're right, it does freshen things up a little bit. I mean, you know, it's kind of like at light heavyweight right now. Like, it's it's kind of sad to see John Jones lead the division because he's been so dominant. But at the same time, you know, when it, when a champion that's been dominating for a while moves out, it freshens everything up a little bit. You know, it gives new possibilities and new options. So, uh, you know, certainly I think there would be some more intriguing fights immediately available to them that maybe aren't available, you know, right now with without doing rematches and you know again not the rematches are a bad thing but um you know, I, I don't know that any of them right now dictate like, ah, we got to see that one with Usman again. Mm. And I guess the other big question is, what do you do with Leon Edwards? I mean, he must be at this point, the options are just so limited for him of, of what makes sense and what's realistic. He must be eyeing possibly the winner of, uh, you know, maybe Covington and Woodley. If you look anywhere lower than the rankings, I just don't think it's really worth his time. And the longer he waits, if he if his mm. plan is, look, I'm just going to wait for the next title shot. It just seems like the UFC is definitely not going to give it to him. I know, right? That's the problem because I, I I tend to agree with you. Like I look at the rankings and I think, well, what can he do? I mean, how where can he he go from here? You know, so uh, it's it's a difficult position for him to be in. In some ways, I feel like he should wait at, at least this month. I mean, let's at least see what happens with Covington uh, and Woodley. I mean, that's a couple weeks away, right? And then that at least gives you an option. Um, but like you said, it's it's a dangerous thing waiting too long. I mean, we've seen that happen to to multiple people over their careers where they're like, hey, you know, I'm just going to hold out. I know where my spot is. I know what I deserve. And next thing you know, the, you know, the, the divisions pass you by because the you know the sport carries on, man. The UFC is not going to slow down for you. So, um, you know, hopefully he can get booked in a fight really, really soon. Um, man, I don't know. I thought we'd see him on Fight Island and 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 you know this next return. I mean, it looks like we're going to have a, a five five or six week stretch over there. Um, 
I'd love to see him get a fight, man, because he's got to stay relevant in the division. He's got he's got to get something done and and uh, start making some noise again because I think he was making some noise, you know. And even though even though the uh, the confrontation with Mazidal didn't you know exactly go his way, at least it was getting people talking and it was getting mm. people interested. And um, you know, now man, that's all that's that's ancient history at this point. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's still there, but uh, I just don't feel like he's a name that you know outside of the hardcores that anybody's calling for, man. And that's man, this sport is so much like what have you done for me? lately and 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 you know kind of being in the public eye to get those opportunities so uh man he's got to get in my opinion he's got to get something booked quickly mm, you can't let an opportunity pass you by in the sport of mma and i just see a scenario in my head where there's a press conference with dana white after an event and someone asks him you know what happened to leon edwards and he's like what do you mean leon edwards we offered leon edwards a title shot he passed it up yeah, but he, yeah, we offered him a shot. You don't pass up a title shot, blah, blah. You know what I mean? That is exactly the scenario we've seen happen over and over for a number of fighters. You know the script, man. You know the script at this point. And then the media member never shows his face again. And then we message him and say, hey, man, get off the cliff. It's fine. It's fine. You know, these things happen. Speak to John Morgan next time. He'll clue you in. But let's talk about the other breaking news this week, and that is the fact that a man by the name of Brock Lesnar has apparently become a free agent. Um, John, we've seen Brock use this tactic before to increase his WWE deal. And now there's AEW as well, which is owned by a billionaire who has a lot of capital to to spend on a guy like Brock Lesnar. Do you believe that we're actually seeing a guy that's interested in coming back to MMA or is this just another negotiating tactic? I hate to spoil everybody's fun, but my gut tells me it's a negotiating tactic. Um, not to say that there's not some realistic, you know, opportunities available that, that he could look at. You know, what I mean, I see obviously, you know, people throwing out the idea of, uh, you know, fighting Fedor and Bellator. How cool would that be? I don't even know if that's available to him. You know, I'm not sure that he's free and clear of the UFC. Um, so the, I, I'm not sure if that's worth discussing. And but that's the thing with the with the UFC. I mean, okay, you know, John Jones threw that out there, and I'm sure John Jones would would love that. I mean, uh, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but that's probably the easiest debut you could make in the UFC heavyweight division, I would think. I mean, there's there's killers like the, if you don't get your title shot right away, uh, what's what's second fiddle debuting against Naganu? Like, I think mm-hmm. I think John Jones, in terms of testing himself and his body and how he feels, probably feels he could dominate Brock Lesnar, but. That's the thing is the only fight I really see for Brock is the Daniel Cormier fight. And, and you know, if, if, if it's realistic, I do think Cormier, I know he just retired and said he's done. <laughs> but again, not picking on Brock, but I could see DC going, well, I, I don't want to come back for John, but I'll, I'll come back for that one. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I, I could see him, you know, just the. I mean, you saw the smile on his face whenever Brock was in the cage and shoving him. This guy's like on cloud nine, like he's living a dream, <laughs> you know? So um, I, I, I think even though DC. Um, I believe he's retired, and I believe he'll stay out of it. I do think he would come back for that one fight. But outside of that, I mean, outside of really like, outside of those two fights, like what other fight do you think Brock Lesnar at 43 years old and, and haven't been competing in MMA really wants? I mean, do you think he wants to fight Stipe? Do he wants to fight, does he want to fight Nganu? Does he want to fight? Does he even want to fight Blades? I mean, I, I don't know. I just I, I following the career of Brock Lesnar was so fun, man, because. Hmm. The, the amount of star power that he has, I mean, it was it was unparalleled for such a short career. You know what I mean? You're talking really, uh, you know, him, Ronda, Connor. I mean, those are the only ones that had that that next level of, of superstardom. And, and it was exciting. It was fun. You know, even even if at first it was a little weird, like, hey, here's this WWE guy coming in. I mean, it was fun to cover his career. But I just, I, I mean, I, I think he has respect for the sport, and I think he understands what it takes. And I, I just don't believe that he wants to come in and, and, and fight these killers in the UFC heavyweight division right now. So um, I see it 
more as leverage than anything else. But I, I, I don't. I believe that he would at least entertain some phone calls and see what's happening. And look, if it turns out that I'm wrong and he does want to come back, you're damn right, Dana White will give him a fight, man. You know, I mean, he still <laughs> generates, um, you know, big time interest. You know, he gets the mainstream. He gets, you know, the casuals in the bar. You know, I mean, in fact, that was that was at the at, uh, the bar just the other night, man. And somebody was asking about this. I mean, it's somebody that knows what I do for a living, but never talks to me about MMA because they don't know anything about MMA. So it's wow. just, you know, hey, what's going on? That's what they. But then they're like, hey, man. This Brock Lesnar thing. Is he going to fight again? I was like, yeah, this is what gets you into it. So, uh, you know, if he's real, I mean, I think the UFC will certainly entertain it. But my gut tells me that this is a, a negotiating tactic. It's funny because, like you mentioned, fans love a lot of fans uh, that sort of follow a b- bunch of sports love Brock. I don't want to say MMA fans love Brock because as soon as the news comes out, I feel like p- so many people have been burned and so many people have been sort of over the fact that he's lied about coming back and not that biggest on his career because of the issues with USADA. A lot of people are pretty negative about him when it comes to MMA fans. But I'm just wondering, from your perspective, I mean, a guy like Francis Ngannou, we've seen Brock come back to fight Mark Hunt. You know, you could argue Mark was in his prime, and that that was a dangerous, dangerous man. Do you see a situation where the UFC sees Francis Ngannou and an opportunity where, you know, you could build up Francis from a huge, huge Brock Lesnar fight, especially during these days where it seems like smaller cards, and not as big of a card, will, will draw a pretty big... Uh, pay-per-view revenue compared to before it would be interesting right because i think it really would move uh francis's star power up i mean you would get him um in front of eyeballs that wouldn't normally watch him fight and obviously as we all know um it doesn't take more than a casual look at francis Ngannou to go like oh my god that looks like a very dangerous dude you <laughs> know what i mean so yeah. if, if he were to come in there and get some kind of you know massive knockout of brock lesnar i mean how good would that be for his popularity It'd be great but i i mean I mean, certainly, if if they if they brought that to Brock, I mean, you don't think he would read the writing on the wall on that one and be like, "Nah, dog, that's not what, you know." I'm the A side here. I'm not coming in here to just you know be somebody's stepping stone. Like, thanks anyway. I appreciate it. So that's why I don't see it happen. And and honestly, it would be pretty interesting. Like, if 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 you came to France and said, "Look, you got you got two choices. You can fight for the title against Stipe, or we'll pay you double and you can fight against Brock Lesnar." Like. You know, you got to pay me a lot more because I'm not getting the opportunity to fight for the title right now. But I'm sure Francis feels like that's a a very winnable fight for him. Um, But, yeah, I I mean, it's it's interesting in theory to talk about. But I just I just don't see I can't see Brock putting himself in that position. I think if Brock comes back, um, I I don't think it would be for Francis Ngannou. Again, I I could be wrong, but I sure as hell would come back for that fight. Can you imagine a world where Brock Lesnar comes back and somehow accidentally beats John Jones? Can you imagine that world? (laughs) (laughs) Or even Francis just wrestles him for three or so rounds. And the thing is, and we're joking about it, but a guy like Francis, I mean, look at a guy like Shane Carwin, who was, you know, a super dangerous guy on the feet. A guy like um, Mark Hunt, who's obviously out of shape and, and Brock had the USADA issues, but he was able to pull off that win. You just can't, it's one of those situations you just don't know. What's going to happen? But I guess the situation as well is, you know, this man would be out and have to be tested quite some time before he can get into into the octagon. I'm just wondering, though, John, so with this John Jones, Stipe situation right now, do you believe he's in contention to potentially take this title shot away from Francis Nagano? Or do you believe that Dana White's statement is, is going to hold up and that Francis is actually going to get this next title shot? Boy, John is playing his cards right, isn't he? I mean, the arguments that he's making, you're like, yeah, that... That does make some sense. Hmm. Maybe you're right about that. You know, I mean, I, I I applaud John Jones for his strategy and what he's doing here. It's it's interesting because on the one hand, um, on the one hand, it would it would be a big fight for John Jones, right? You know, I mean, it, it really would be the, the light heavyweight goat moving up, fighting for the heavyweight title. 
But for me, I'm, I, I think you make him wait. And, and, and here's why. Because I honestly believe that John Jones versus Francis Ngannou as heavyweight champion is even bigger. So if you do Stipe versus Ngannou first, then you either still have Stipe as champ, and that's fine. That's what you're talking about with John now. Or you have John versus Ngannou, which I think a lot of people are really interested in. I know I was interested in it when John first floated the idea of it. Now adding the fact that it would be for the heavyweight title if Ngannou were able to beat Stipe, man, I think that would be on another level. So I think the smart play for the UFC is, is to let Stipe and Francis fight right now because you don't necessarily lose any available fights by having that happen. And I think you tell John you know, to hang on and wait for a little bit. And, and that's also going to give John more time to, uh, you know, to bulk up and to put on the muscle that he wants to do and get himself built in the division. Um, so to me, I, 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 think, I think that's how you let it play out. If I'm the UFC, I know that's what Dana said so far. Obviously, things can change in a heartbeat. And listen, timing will change everything too. I mean, you know, when does Stipe want to fight again? I, I don't know. How long is John actually willing to wait? We'll see. I mean, I, I, I would think if Stipe is willing to go, you know, end of year or, or, or very early uh, next year, that you just tell John Jones to, to hang out and, and let him know that his shot is after that. Because then, like I said, you've got two options available for John Jones, uh, either one of them, which, you know, could be big. But I, I think that him and Nagano w- w- might even be a bigger fight. Mm, big fights on the horizon. Um, just lastly, as we let you go, John, and this is about the Brock Lesnar thing. And arguably for me, one of the biggest questions is we saw Brock Lesnar and the UFC's failed negotiations last time around. Essentially, the UFC didn't seem like they wanted to pay Brock Lesnar what he thought he was worth. In light of, you know, the ESPN deal and pay-per-view revenue being sort of different. And Brock Lesnar seemed to think, oh, I don't really like that. I'm not interested. So let's say hypothetically, Brock is actually serious about maybe coming to the UFC and having another fight. What is different uh, about last or what is different now compared to last time as far as the landscape? Do you think the UFC would even be able to meet Brock Lesnar's um, price, whatever it may be? Yeah, I mean, that, that factors into it, too. Like, what, what's different? We have no live gates now, so that's not a good thing. That's a bad thing when you're talking about value, right? So, I mean, you're right about that. Like, I don't see anything that's changed to the point now where I'm like, oh, well, so much more valuable now, you know what I mean? And this is why it works. So that's why, I, I you know, it's fun to talk about. I mean, like, look at this uh, ridiculous fight poster that went out the other day, right? The, 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 the fake fights at Tyson Ranch. I mean, <laughs> those are like, you know, Vanderlei and Vitor, man. You know what I mean? It's like, what what does that fight have to do? But it was fun to talk about. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, these these are names that people recognize. And and so again, you know, Brock coming back, I, it's it's fun to talk about. But I don't know, man. I, I just I just don't see it happening. As you said, I, I just don't think the math works out for everybody involved. And and I don't see what exactly. I don't see exactly you know what he'd want to do. Look, maybe Brock would be willing to fight John Jones because he sees him as a, as a smaller guy, but. You know, John's given time to bulk up a little bit, and he's got the range on him, and he's certainly got a much more rounded skill set. I don't know. I, I I could be wrong, but I, I I just don't feel like this is real. I don't feel like Brock is is uh, is, is eyeing anything. I, I don't I don't think he wants those fights, man. I think he wants to I think he wants to just negotiate well, and get himself paid again, and make sure he's got the biggest contract possible uh, when when he's ready to uh, to wrestle again. Mm. What I love about that Tyson Ranch poster is if you imagine it like in Happy Gilmore, you would see Vandalay Silva versus Vito Belfort fighting in the background in the garden. <laughs> Just randomly in your mind if you imagine what it would look like. Guys, you can follow the man on Twitter at MMA Junkie John. Of course, check out the MMA Roadshow. John, we love your coverage. Can't wait to see you back in action. And thank you so much for joining us on Submission Radio. Enjoy the rest of your furlough, man. <laughs> yeah, do something special over there. Try to enjoy it, man. It's it's uh, at least we're putting this in the rearview mirror, and at least me personally, we're moving forward from COVID. So I'm excited about that. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, man. Catch up.